Welcome to a new episode of MF and Block Podcast. Standing here with Andrew. Uh, so the, your restaurant is Good Plates Eatery, right? It is indeed. And thanks for being on. First yeah, off. absolutely. Thanks, man. Uh, I definitely had, well, I've had a couple people tell me that we were probably going to get along. <laughs> uh, Ashley was one of them. Oh, yeah. And it was funny because when we contacted one another, you were like, oh, yeah, my wife's good friends with Ashley. Yeah. And Ashley's who hit me up and was like, you guys are probably going to get, get along well. <laughs> so uh, how long have you been in in the bar restaurant industry? Because um, you have a background in, like, Mount Adams area. Yeah, yeah. Mount Adams a lot, for sure, is in downtown. If you start at the very beginning, um, I was 15 when I started working at McDonald's. Okay. And pretty much... Pretty much been in the industry since then. How long were you at McDonald's? Two years. Okay. A little over two years. I actually really like longer than most. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, I mean, this was two thousand three, two thousand four, I guess. I mean, I was making eight bucks an hour, like, yeah. got a good amount of hours a week. Like, it was still in school. Like, two years in at McDonald's, yeah. you'd feel like you'd be a manager, right? I went through the manager uh, program. Okay. Yeah, I I did that when I was yeah, I guess like almost seventeen, and like. Completed it like with the exact like the thought of like this will look good on a resume more so than like can't wait to manage McDonald's, <laughs> but like but it was I mean it's it's one of the, it's a great training program so kind of took advantage of that but yeah I was making I think minimum wage at the time was like five oh five so nice. so I was I was happy with it and like we had it was a bunch of um a bunch of people from school that like worked there so I was like I'll get a job here like whatever like never a million years like. <laughs> I expected it to last as long in the industry, but what what makes you want to keep working in the industry? Um, like, is there a hospitality <laughs> aspect to it? For sure. Or? I mean, I love um, love like creating the experience. Um, this is the first time in a while that I've been. You're like the producer. Yeah, it's like the producer in music. Yeah, you know I mean, I mean? yeah, absolutely. And that and that's the part I enjoy. Like, I would no my no way consider myself like a chef. Like I just like creating food like, and being able to serve to people like and and that's how I after after the McDonald's part, um there was a restaurant opening up. I grew up in Anderson, um, on Beachmont and it was called Square Bubble. And it was basically like same type of thing where like guy was looking for people, so we a bunch of us got a job in the kitchen and and that place was open for uh probably about three years and worked there all three years and kinda that's where I like Really learned like the kitchen aspect of it, and yeah. learning that kind of part, systems, and then got into bar backing and realized that the front of the house was a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then kind of went from went from there with the bartending and serving part of it, and and then eventually managing and doing different um, doing different stuff on the restaurant side of it. So, what what uh, what was your last what was your last job before this place opened? I was the managing partner at Chapter up in Mount Adams, and I was up there for four and a half years, I guess. Sure. Yeah, just over four years, I think it was. Um, we went in, a um, friend of mine, Brandon, and I went in as kind of partners with it. Um, for people that don't know, like the Mount Adams area is a huge entertainment bar district area and really kind of started falling off just as banks opened and yeah, the yeah. picked back up and just more options just more options more yeah. higher end options more higher end options and there wasn't and then a lot of it too was like the clifton area got so much better 
like U Square, um, Xavier area, like started picking back up some. So that hurt for sure too. Um, so we went in there to kind of like work on like rejuvenating the place and just them needing someone to run it. So we went in as partners running that, and um, him and I did that for about two years. Then he moved on to different things, and then um, just kept up with him. He redid, created a brunch program. Um, redid the menu a few times, um, just basically just took the, I mean, it, it wasn't mine, but took it on as it was, like, just building out new bars, yeah. um, doing everything, pretty much. I mean, trying to keep up with whatever trends are happening. Yeah, different trends, <laughs> just trying to, it ended up being, I mean, the bar side of it kind of went away as just Mount Adams went down, but um, we always kept up with private events. I mean, we were doing... 200 events a year of, of 25 or more people it's a lot yeah it was and that, and that was kind of part of the the hospital like where the hospitality aspect comes in of just like always wanting like those people chose you to come in and like spend their money and have a place like posted it was always like that was always our focus yeah just making sure that those people were happy so when that when that all came to to an end or whenever you decided to go your own way like what was what made you want to open open Good Plates Eatery and on top of it in the middle of a pandemic? <laughs> or actually, let's separate the pandemic because that's a loaded fucking question. So, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, like, like, like Good Plates, like, how did this how did this idea come about? So, I was still, at the time, it was, was it March 15th or whatever it was when when they basically went to carry out only for, for bars and restaurants. I was still... Um, still bought a chapter. Okay. Um, and talked to the owners and kind of was like, well, I don't know what you guys want to do. Like, th- we didn't have a huge, like, like our food was really good. Like, I was, I was really proud of the food we did, but we didn't do a ton of food sales. Um, so I was like, do we want to run just carry out? Like, does that really make sense? And kind of just decided not to. Um, but prior to that, I had already kind of been, um, looking for my own place. Mm. Um, it was just at a time that it was something that I was working really hard to do this, but it wasn't mine. It seems really similar to the journey that a lot of tattoo artists go through. Like they they work and help build places up, yeah. And then eventually, and my friend Will, who I'll have on an episode, he actually just opened a tattoo shop down the street from your restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Freedom Tattoo Parlor. Yeah, my buddy Will. Okay, nice, nice. Um, yeah, he's it's, in it's, it's along the same lines. For sure, yeah. And that's, has, has he been in? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Will, um, Will Webb? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, uh, that's my boy. <laughs> um, so, and, so I'd already kind of been working. In the, um, I had put in a request on my, whatever the website is, uh, Biz by Cell, by Biz Cell, whatever it is, um, for some other random place. And, the guy that contacted me was um, to say, like, hey, I'm representing the seller, was Darren, the guy that owns Cilantro, who's okay. been a friend of mine for 15 years. And he was like, and this was probably November of last year, and he was kind of like, just sending me places here and there, and then when he decided that he was um, going to retire and be done, he w- um, was basically like, do you want this place? And I was like, absolutely. Like, I've always loved, um, like, Cilantro was always one of my favorite restaurants in general. 
And then, but this location, I mean, we have 2,000 cars a day that come up the road and see us. Like Sometimes they used to drive in. Yeah, place <laughs> yeah they just drive um, but, but I was told, I was told, uh, I was told by my wife that this was a bit of a surprise to your wife. It was, yeah. So <laughs> the, the day that, um, cilantro's last day and my wife's birthday were like, both. it sounds like this just kind of happened it did yeah for sure like it was i mean i wanted his last day was january 31st and he asked me maybe january like 27th wow and then i asked her on her on her birthday january 31st <laughs> what she thought of the idea and she was kind of like well let's do it i guess <laughs> like and I mean, the only thing we didn't have, we didn't have any money, we didn't have a plan. Um, just like all, all the shit you need. Yeah, all, yeah <laughs> everything you need. So we, um, so I, I, I let Darren know. I was like, hey man, I was like, we're in. Like, we'll get it, figure it out somehow. Um, so like, pretty much immediately, like, went to the landlord, um, put, put together a business plan in like six hours overnight. <laughs> I, I did have a general idea of like what I wanted. Like I had been thinking about it, but put together like financial packet and everything and went and went to the landlord and was like, like looking to take this over. And he goes, well, we got a lot of people that are looking at it. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, but eventually he was, he was on board with it. Um, and then, like four days before everything shut down, I had given Darren a deposit. Um, as we kind of were still working out the rest of the details, trying to figure out different things, and and then so that was a Wednesday, and then everything got shut down Sunday. So I was like, "Well, no one's gonna give me a loan now." Like, it's like your whole plan is, is blooming while this pandemic is yeah. starting to bloom. Yeah, exactly. It's like. We were already, like, pretty far into it, like, wanting to do it, and then everything happened, and I was like, I mean, there was a solid, I mean, probably month, where I still continued to think about things and, like, how we wanted to do them, but with the realistic outlook that it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, what bank is going to want to give someone money when for a restaurant when restaurants aren't open? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so and who like, knows how long they're going to be and, closed. Yeah, there know? was so, so much unknown, so I was like, all right, like, whatever. And um, I was like, I'll just get my, like, I wasn't, like, I wasn't worried about the deposit part of it. I was like, I'll get that back when he finds someone else for it. Yeah. And I'm like, whatever, we'll, we'll figure it out something else. But at the same time, no one was really looking to lease a restaurant space when restaurants weren't open. So <laughs> he, we didn't really have a whole lot of, like, competition, like, trying to take it from us. And then maybe, like, the last week of April, um, my phone rang and it was like, hey, it's... Uh, Corey or whoever his name was from um, Kemba Credit Union. He goes, uh, just let you know your loan process through and you're good to go. And I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> and it's like, because it was just a, I never, like, I didn't meet him. Like, it just, it was prime pandemic. So it was like, you couldn't go into any offices. Everything was over the phone. I had even stopped by, uh, so I have a stupid situation with my car and, and the loan for it and everything. Uh, needless to say, I go to the bank to make my car payment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but at the beginning of this, like, you get there and you, like, I would call them and they would come out. Yeah. And, was, like, I would give them, like, the, the payment slip and yeah, the check. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, here you go. Yeah. And that's, like, and it was like, 
Um, he was like, he's like, honestly, he goes, I had forgotten about it. I didn't think it was going to happen. Like, like, we don't typically do handshake deals on <laughs> large amounts of money. And I was like, ah, suckers. Like, good luck getting this back. But, uh, yeah, went through and, I mean, had the money a couple of days later and was able to, like, move, like, pretty much move in. Like, that was mm-hmm. the last thing. Like, and we had other, like, we were so, like, we had pretty much committed to it even without that. Um, but that definitely helped. <laughs> definitely that helped relieve some of the stress. Was there anything that you wish you would have known before you started this? But I mean, being in the industry, you already kind of knew a lot of what to expect. I'm yeah, assuming. but well, yeah, the, but well, this, but now you're on a now you're at a different level of what you were at before, as far as the operating side, right? Yeah, um, yeah, more or less. I mean, I'm doing um, honestly probably doing less than I was doing a chapter, just because my time is so consumed with the kitchen right now. Yeah. But at the same time, we only have 10 employees. Like, we're not slamming the gills every day. So there, there's still, there's not as much as, like, I'm doing, like, physical-wise that I know I will be. Um, but, like, paperwork side of it, I'm actually probably doing less. But just, so honestly, the worst part of everything has been trying to get the liquor license. Yeah. And... I don't even know if I could do anything different, but if I could, I would. I mean, that was, we signed the lease. We were in here May 8th. I think I sent out all the paperwork for the liquor license like May 11th. Because I've renewed plenty of them. Like, I've been involved in that part of it. I know it takes a while to kind of get going. I mean, we still don't have it. And it's December 15th. And there's no way to, like, check the progression of that. I mean, there is... um, so we had finally had the state came down and did their inspection like the last week of November, and the lady I talked to then was like, "Oh, I just came across my death November sixteenth. That must have been when they keyed it in." I'm like, <laughs> six months later, like it's cool, I guess. And that could, I mean, and it could be months after that before it's approved. Yeah. So now, yeah, then I went to the city. The city has X amount of days, and they actually came through the other day, but they still have another thing to do, I guess. So. I'm hoping by the end of the end of this month, end of the year, that it's that it's pretty much set. And we're only doing um, a beer and wine license anyway, so it's I don't I didn't I don't want to be a bar. I don't want to deal with that, especially being down in Clifton. But you'd like to serve a drink? With oh them. yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. So like, and that's what's kind of like the frustrating part of it. Like they like come in and they kind of look around and they're like, anything else? I'm like, nope. Like, like what are you gonna be selling? I'm like, just cans of beer. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then eventually canned cocktails when. The wine license becomes available. Yeah, these canned wines are a big thing. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, we'll do. Um, yeah, definitely canned beer, canned cocktails, and then um, would you get buy those with having the wine license? And then yeah, and then buy just one or two cans of wine just to have them. But they're they're definitely pricey. Yeah, they are. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like I don't like. I don't know how many nine dollar cans of wine I'm gonna be selling in Clifton, but we'll see. So what? Uh, I mean, this is kind of in part with the last question, but is there any advice that you would give for that that young kid that is working at McDonald's that actually cares about the industry he's working in and wants to take it further? Um, I think the biggest thing is always just keep learning. Like always, 
always be studying what's coming next. Um, and that that's how I was when I was younger in the industry was when craft beer, the craft beer boom hit, like started with that. And then, and then honestly, if I didn't keep up as well as I should have, like on the bourbon side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then especially with, with the food part, I mean, not having the, the full kitchen experience is what a lot of people, that a lot of people do that have, that open restaurants and like are like the chef or like yeah. running the kitchen. But I've always kept up on just different skill videos or, or stuff like that. Just one, cause I enjoy it. Like it's, it's something that I've always enjoyed. Are there, tr- are there like definite trends as far as like what people are ordering? Uh, maybe like by the season or just trends that pick up. Yeah, like, I, is, it, is it easy? Like, is it easy? And it's just because I'm, I'm not paying any attention to it, but is it easy to pick up on trends as far as like maybe the way just presentation or whatever, whatever the, it is. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for us opening at least was we got a ton of people asking about vegetarian and vegan options. Mm-hmm. And I would say that in certain, uh, the way of trends, like in that sense, like it's all easier to follow, like, how people are eating more so than what they're eating but uh, um the vegetarian part like my first vision for the place was more or less just sandwiches having like eight or nine sandwiches on the menu and just kind of being able to pump those out with a couple appetizers and stuff mm-hmm. and then um my brother brian who runs everything in the kitchen with me is is pretty health conscious and all into into that side of it he's like what do you think about doing quinoa bowls too and i was like Cool, let's do it. Like, There's been a hit for you because I feel like they have. Because like, you you post them a lot. Yeah, they get posted on the, on your. But it, I feel like that would be because a lot of people are ordering. Yeah, it's definitely a, a niche niche part of it. But at the same time, I don't think we have a lot of our bit. Like someone that's coming in to order a meatball hoagie that has a friend that doesn't doesn't eat heavier, doesn't eat those kind of things. Like, but they see them come in and get a a quinoa bowl with vegetables on it. Like, it, it definitely helps. Um, like we see a ton of tickets that come back that are from one side of the menu and the other, like yeah. one types of food. So I mean, me personally, I never would have thought oh, I'm going to do quinoa bowls. <laughs> well, you think quinoa, like the, I mean, as far as throwing vegetables and whatever kind of seasonings and, and and whatever, maybe if there's if you do a quinoa bowl with some meat or whatever it is yeah, that you yeah. do, like all those things will have flavor. But like when you think quinoa, you don't think yeah flavor. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's that's where they all. It's really just that base, and then we do obviously season the quinoa, and, then and the quinoa is the quinoa is high in protein too, so that's a higher in protein. Yeah, yeah for, for what it is, yeah. for sure. And that um, and that helps. And this, like we did um, a fundraiser event a couple weeks ago with um, the UC Dietitian Club, which they probably wouldn't have done if we just had meatball hoogies and burgers like oh absolutely so it, it definitely is something that that helps push push things out and then also with um when cilantro was open it was a ton of vegetarian options mm-hmm. and i and i think a lot of people expected this place was going in there that it was going to be somewhat similar and i didn't want to base anything off that but it's definitely helped carrying that over mm-hmm. that like people that just stop to look at the menu just because they enjoy going to cilantro to see what we have and like and come in and see those things what's the what's the four most important ingredients you have in the kitchen back then um you can throw an honorable mention on there if need <laughs> um guess i gotta go i gotta go quinoa with one i guess 
not number one, but one of them. Um, just because that is the base of so much of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll say chorizo. Uh, our meatballs, I would say by 90% of our menu is, is scratch made. Nice. And our meatballs are something that, one of the first things where I was like, I want a really good meatball hook. Like, I love meatball hoagies. Like, you really can't get one anywhere outside of just like your chain like we, sandwich place. We all we all know that Subway's meatball <laughs> thing is not it is not yeah, that I, don't, I don't mind a good meatball hoagie from, from Subway, but um one thing we did with it is we mixed chorizo in with the beef nice. and a bunch of other different stuff. And, it's like chili. When you make chili if you're not mixing a hamburger with uh, if you're not mixing beef with sausage, you're really you're really yeah, yeah, you're yeah. really uh screwing yourself yeah. on so, what could be there. And that so that's I mean that was one of the things that I was like, like, I want this to be good. Like, that is, like, that is my number one item that I want people to, like, come here and be like, wow, that was the best thing, the best meatball have you ever had. Yeah, it's like you don't want a Philly cheesesteak on your menu if it's not banging. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, like, I thought about when we first got here, I was like, I'm going to go up and down the street and do, like, Monday cheesesteak day, Tuesday Euro day, and just, like, do all those and, like, I don't know if they make them better, but just like our own twi- twists on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like, I don't want to make people mad. Like, I think we're like <laughs> trying to. So, what's your what's your favorite dish on the menu? Is it going to be that meatball? Probably a meatball or um, the adobo braised brisket is pretty killer. I'm gonna have to try that. Yeah, that's um, we just we literally just take a brisket and season it. Usually sits overnight, um, kind of like that dry rub, and then. Gets braised um, with the doba peppers and a bunch of different seasonings and red wine vinegar and stuff, and cooks for about seven hours. So literally, just like pull it up with tongs and it just falls apart. And it's we just we uh, all our bread, sixteen bricks, uh, which I would say it's probably our third one, the third ingredient back there. So I actually I used to work on uh, the Cincinnati dinner train and oh, nice. uh, Connie, who actually works at sixteen bricks. Uh, he would work because the dinner train only ran on Saturday nights. Yeah, yeah. So she would come. She she was working on the train with us. Oh, nice. So I, I got to know her, and then, uh, and my friend is the chef on the dinner train. So he would always get a bunch of bags of bread from her. So there was all, like I'd go party at his house after we'd get off the train, yeah. and you know after a twelve hour day on the train, you're just like, <laughs> you know, I just want to eat some bread and get drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean. Um, Kind of going into it, I I didn't put a lot of thought into the breads, and I I knew I I thought I wanted to do something local. Was it weird to you how how important where you got the bread from was? A little bit. Like I looked at a few other bakeries, and um, and Christina from Sixteen Bricks like was one of the first people I met with, and she brought all these samples up, and I was like, wow, this is all really fucking good bread. Like, <laughs> and for whatever reason, I like kind of shot away from it, thinking from a cost wise that it, it just wasn't going to be able to fit with um with our price point that we we're trying to hit with being in the middle of clifton and then i kind of did just some comparison just to like if you get it through a food supplier and get a case of, of buns like it, there wasn't any difference yeah. so i was like well, why wouldn't i just get the better bread yeah why would i get the better <laughs> bread it's not going to cost and that's i mean that's probably one of the like the biggest like comments we get on the food like outside of the flavor part of it is like wow the bread it was on was was awesome yeah, yeah. and so like 
I would definitely say that's that's up there with them as an ingredient per se. There's definitely a distinct difference from like mass mark or mass produced bread yeah. product versus what I mean all all the great restaurants in Cincinnati are buying bread from sixteen bricks. Yeah. Like that's just it is what it is. Oh yeah, I'll see sandwiches and it's like on sixteen bricks sourdough. I'm like, oh that's what we use. Like, <laughs> that's exactly like something we make. Like but at the same time it's like it's cool that it's cool that they have such a reach within that all the all these different awesome restaurants that are using it. And there was a few others we looked at and honestly it was just they were so quick with like coming to meet that I was like, cool, like do this and see how it goes so what are like i mean obviously you want to be successful here with good plates but like outside of necessarily just being successful are there any goals um like as far as like the community around here because i mean the community around here is tight-knit for sure yeah absolutely um and i feel like in the clifton area to be successful you kind of have to be accepted by the community yeah because uh, they can barely quickly just be like nope yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, part of like the name Good Plates itself was five minutes of Jamie and I, my wife, sitting on the couch, like spitballing ideas back and forth. And I was like, all I want is the name, is the word eatery in the name. I was like, I don't really care what it's called. Like, I want to like it, obviously, but I just want eatery. Like, yeah. That's the kind of place I want it to be. And I don't remember who said Good Plates, but I was like, I like that. Like, Kind of flows. I googled it. There's not a single other place in the in the country called Good Plates, eatery or not. So I'm like, awesome. Like, I, <laughs> that, I helps. That, that, yeah. that helps. Yeah, helps. I, like, I don't want that. Like, I don't. It was like when I started this podcast. Like, I searched. Oh, yeah. And sure, surprisingly, yeah. there was no podcast called MF and Block. <laughs> I was like, how do you? How do yeah. you not? The name alone is going to make somebody check it out. Yeah, exactly. And it's, and it's great. Like when that's like. When she said good plates, and I was like, cool, like, I like that, like, searching it. As soon as I saw there wasn't another one, I'm like, perfect. Like, and then it also works out our twins' names are Gibson and Posey. Mm-hmm. And so it just was, a like, a happy accident that worked out. Yeah. Um, so part of that with that, the good part is, like, we want to do good. Um, we handed out, we made up meals for Thanksgiving and handed out. Yeah, you guys have donated, probably, you guys have donated. A good amount of food, right? Yeah, yeah, we probably did. Um, I went out and bought just three giant turkey breasts, um, potatoes. We did macaroni and cheese, green beans, and basically just um, kind of put it out in the world. Like, if you just need a meal, just come on in. Like, no questions asked. Like, whether it was you can't travel home because you're trying to stay safe. Like, you're a student that's not going home. Like, and you don't want to eat pizza on Thanksgiving. Like, yeah. just come in, grab a box. Like. And we, yeah, we ended up making, I think, right about 50 of them. Uh-huh. Um, and we're going to, I mean, try to continue that every year. Um, we're going to do it again for Christmas this year. Um, and then, but yeah, and then having that slowly evolve, like, it's hard right now because it's just basically me, her, and my brother, and then, then our staff, too, obviously. But, like, trying to, like, put those types of things in motion, like, makes it tough just on top of just the everyday, yeah. just grind and work. But being able just to um, help out the community in that sense is, is, was one thing, like, pretty much from the beginning. Like, we had talked about Thanksgiving Day probably June. Yeah. So I was glad we were able to make that happen. When I always feel like, too, like, when you just look back, like, the places that open and, and they're closed within a few years or, like, they're just, they're not, 
they're not really remembered among among the community. Yeah. And then like you just have these places that give back to the community and those are the places like even if it's a good five to ten year run, like even like those places that gave back, like I mean people talk about it forever. It's like yeah. Baba Budanza was right next door to you. I mean there is a good chunk of people here in Cincinnati that will continually talk about that oh, place man, forever. Yeah, and that's I mean I would love, I mean, to eventually like this is I mean, this is our life. Like this is our, our plan right now. I mean, I don't wanna work in the kitchen every day for the next forty years, but yeah. like if this place is still here in twenty years, like that's the plan. Like and then adding adding more restaurants as we go. Um, or even a different idea, like still your thing, but like a different like a different theme or Yeah, or yeah, for sure. I, I don't foresee us doing another one of these um like calling somewhere good plates like and having it somewhere else i mean um, if the demand were there i could see it but then you also have to like look into demographics and yeah like, where that yeah, where it, that demand's coming from yeah, if we and, did it somewhere else like it would be um like i'm talking about people like we'd like another campus area like whether it was like miami or um like up in columbus like somewhere that it's just a completely different market oxford would be fun yeah oxford, oxford would, be cool. would be fun like that i think that's it's close enough that it's it's still manageable to kind of do both mm-hmm. um like both areas whether like whatever the well and so, i mean to be honest the idea of this i mean it fits in with what happens here in clifton yeah and it would fit right in with what goes on yeah. out there too and honestly i mean if in two years if there's other like kind of storefront that opens up like i would love to have another place just to kind of continue building just everything in the area and seeing the place that um that we first started in just continue to grow and and we live in north side so we're five minutes down the road and when you're seeing a lot of growth there in north side too for sure and then just throughout this whole like pandemic thing um just one little quick shout out to my boys down there at north side yacht club Dude, they, have, they have been the most creative throughout this whole COVID shit out yeah. of everybody that I've Every, seen. And they've always, like... So yeah, doing a play on Sonic, I think they're doing it. It's either tonight or maybe... Yeah, I saw a video for it. Yeah. Like, look, like they're, they doing, they're doing all this yeah. CBD-infused shit in yeah. their shirt. They just clearly <laughs> took a marker and wrote Chronic inside the Sonic logo. Like it's just like they're just and I, I I love how much they don't give a shit about anything too. Yeah. Like they they would push something to the point where someone sends them a cease and desist before they. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They did the Arby's thing. Uh, that was great. Like, yeah, the creativity they have down there is, is awesome. Like, they do great things. Like, what I say was maybe it was early early in lockdown stages, and um, we got dinner from there and. We were at the, the peanut butter tequila. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, I called and ordered, and I think I got a couple of like lavender lemonades, and I was like, and I was like, oh, take. Not realizing how they were serving the peanut butter tequila to go. It was a big. It was a big <laughs> container. I had four peanut butter tequila. Oh shit! And then like in our food, and then she goes, all right, like your total will be two twelve fifty. I was like, uh, I was like. It's like a tub of it, peanut butter. It is a tub. <laughs> and I was like, wait, I was like, how are the peanut butter tequilas come? Because it's a quart. And I'm like, oh, cool. I just need one then. <laughs> like, and I mean, we probably could, probably should have grabbed two because we polished it off pretty quick. But, yeah, I was like, I think we just need one quart. One quart will be fine. So who's the, who's the 
three most influential people like either i mean we can go with in your life or just in this process or in the in the industry um just to you that's a great question um the f- first one there's a guy his name is mike or is mike um that owned the square bubble the first restaurant i started at um influential in the way that like kind of created my love for the industry and kind of showing how much i mean it was similar to us here where like he kind of put his life into it and it was um it was much more bar than it was restaurant but we had really really killer food and um and he continued even after that close he continued to be a good friend and uh we worked together a couple other places after that um but he was at the time I guess he would have been probably about the age I am now, and I was 34, and then was just an industry lifer, and just to kind of see him like working to figure it out, and, yeah. and just how much like how hard he was into it. Um, and then within, so I would say just like inspiration of just industry part, and then my wife for sure. With I mean, just having her. Her blessing with everything like i mean i'm she's at home from 8 a.m to 7 p.m sometimes sometimes she's up at like 4 a.m yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so she's great about like letting me be able to get some rest knowing that i'm going to be up here on my feet 13 hours a day and but at the same time being able to like do our social media and, and kind of have that back end support of it like i mean i know how to post on instagram and yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. but at the same time like the fact that she was able to build it up so quick and how much traction we get off of things and engagement is, has been awesome and, and really been, um, especially in this time of, there's a lot of people out on the streets, obviously, but not as many, mm. and being able to get those eyes on it. Um, and then a third one, um, probably just terms of just working, would be my dad. He was always always working that same kind of 12 13 hour days and right. he still does it he, he drives a truck my dad so was a truck driver oh nice yeah. yeah he's i mean he's out the house at five he ever do any six. over the road stuff he was over the road until we were or until i was in sixth grade so yeah i mean he was gone three weeks home a week and then and then sold off sold his truck and um has been driving local ever since so and, he was an owner operator yeah nice yeah he was yeah, I mean, my dad I, did some over the road stuff, but it was uh, it was just weird because like it was at a stage in my life where like I probably kind of needed him there. Yeah, but like I got like birthday cards, like postcards sent from Florida or whatever. Yeah, that was, was. Yeah, I think it was. We were my brother's four years younger than me, so I think it was a lot tougher on on him being away, uh, just missing birthdays, yeah, missing, yeah. missing all those kind of things. Like you know they so, care, and you know that they're definitely supporting the family yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But there's this that time spent's a big thing. Yeah, for sure. So I mean, and just to see him, I mean, uh, oh no, I guess he just turned sixty-one. So I mean, still just being up at four thirty-five in the morning every day. And just, Coffee drinker. Yeah. Black. <laughs> yeah, I, actually, I think he recently switched to green tea. Really? I, yeah. A doctor tell him to do that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. He. Mentioned it not too long ago, and I thought it was weird, but that's a weird switch up. I think he, 
I think he said he gets more energy in the morning drinking tea rather than the coffee. Well, apparently the... Uh, he still has a good amount of caffeine in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I would say, I mean, those... Having, having one industry person kind of influential and just how things kind of happen. And, I mean, I haven't talked to that guy forever. But then the two family, just life. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So you're married. I'm married. You have two kids. I have two kids. Yours happen to be twins. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, what's it like being a father to twins? Because, like, I know what my experience is with, and we talked a little bit right before this about how, like, I'm not doing double of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. But then after we talked a little bit, like, is it easier doing double of the same versus I think having multiple different things to do? Yeah, I think we just... Because we had to develop such a routine right away. Um, they were in the hospital. Uh, Posey was... Gibson was in there for 20 days, and then Posey was in there for 22 days. And the hospital NICU unit was amazing, and they're so strict on their schedule. Yeah. So when we got home, they were already pretty like pretty well-conditioned on being in that, that schedule. We are still having to wake up every and feed them every three hours, but... They were sleeping pretty well, and and when they were about six or seven months, I guess we bought this like sleep program thing and whatever, and like put it like to work. Like it was basically just following a PDF of like what to do. Yeah. And ever since then, they've more or less slept through the night every night. Our, I was, wish our daughter did that. But <laughs> our son, our son is like he's dead like me. Like, I mean, soon as soon as he and I are asleep. Like, you're not getting us up until we're ready. <laughs> That's how Posey is our daughter. But, like, our daughter, uh, Millie, she, <laughs> she's just up whenever she wants to be up. Yeah. That's, they, just the past couple weeks, I think, like, the weather changed. Like, they just haven't been feeling great. But, like, Posey will go down, she goes down at 7, and, I mean, she's out. And she's had some breathing stuff just from being stuffed up, but she needs to go down at 7, and then she's up about 6.30. And ready to go for the so day. So I saw your wife's post about how different they are sleeping. Oh yeah, yeah. And it was just funny because uh, so your son doesn't like anything, right? Like no, he doesn't he want is, blankets or anything around he him. Curls into like little like gerbil ball. And then she's wrapped up yeah. in all of her shit and his shit. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like he'll start with stuff in his crib, and then it just ends up with hers. And she has uh, my brother got these like stuffed rabbit, just stuffed animal rabbits for Christmas. Uh, two years ago, I guess, and they're both posies now. Like, <laughs> he, like he just doesn't like stuff. He just doesn't care. Like, that's how I mean. I kind of am in a sense. I like sleeping and being like curled up with a bunch of blankets and pillows and stuff. Like, I hate if like one of my toes is cold. Like, <laughs> that's how. He is. Like, I'm not like I'm tucking that thing up under, and yeah. and my I drive my wife nuts because I will kick at the blanket all night until I get it wrapped right around my foot the right way. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you so like you're working a lot? Like your father worked a lot. Uh, yeah. How do you find a balance between uh, your work life, uh, your dad life, and your husband life? Because that one on one time is important as well. So like, how for do sure. you find? There's clearly not enough hours in a day for you. Um, so like, how do you, how do you find, how do you find balance in that? When we first were getting ready, when we were first going, in my mind, we were going to be open seven days a week. Like we need to like pay bills, get like food out the door. 
And I was like, we need to capitalize on as much time as we can. And Jamie was like, we can't do that. Like, you can't be open seven days a week at the start, like, knowing that you're going to be there every day. And I begrudgingly was like, fine. Like, we'll, do, <laughs> we'll do Tuesday through Saturday. Have you told her thanks yet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the first week I did. I think I told her, I'm like, that was would have been a terrible idea. Because come Saturday night, I am, I'm dead. So having that Sunday, Monday right now is awesome. Um, and having the time, not doing bar hours, not being open till even 10 or 11. Oh, yeah, like that's... closing at 8 is, I mean, home by 9 at the latest. Yeah. Like, I work Saturday night by myself and my dishwasher. And even like, and we do a, I don't want to say a, a more, more thoroughly, but we have more to do to end the week because we're, that we're closed for two days. Yeah. So even even doing that by myself on Saturday, we were still 8.45 walking at the front door. So, like, that gives us another... We're pretty early to bed just because we... Who knows when the babies are going to wake yeah, up. Yeah. But, I mean, that still gives us... Even if I'm getting home at 8.30, like, a couple hours at the end of the night, just to honestly just sit on the couch and relax. Like, we're, uh, we're real into The Bachelorette right now. <laughs> Uh, we're watching season six on Netflix, <laughs> and it's just one of those things that we can just like relax and sit on the couch and talk. And like, if we miss something on the TV, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, like, it gives us something funny to talk about. Yeah, and, we watch we watch The Office a lot. In my house. Our the Office is. I'm sad that it's leaving. It got really but, it got really bad after Michael Scott left. I'm not a big. Yeah, I'm not a big. Too many characters got very annoying after that. But they I, were all trying to fill in for what wasn't there. I think. Yeah, I will say the more I watch eight and nine, the more I enjoy. It. But like, there's a couple characters like, like I didn't like Dwight after Michael Scott was gone. Yeah. Uh, and I, this is this is a huge uh, unpopular opinion of mine. Uh, Robert California was useless in that entire story. <laughs> complete, See, like he just shows up, says the weirdest shit, and then disappears. That I would say he was. I but a lot of people think, like a lot of people, told me he's the more I favorite. watch, the more I enjoy it. I I really didn't. I like him it. in other roles that he's played. Like oh he, yeah, he, oh yeah. Sacrifice. So what I want to do say there is he nailed that role, but I don't like that role. Yeah, I like. I was that way with Will Ferrell. I'm not a huge Will Ferrell guy anyway, but like I'm hit or miss on him. Like his some things on, are golden and some things aren't. Yeah, his, the way what they did with him in the office that was that was not good. So that uh, well, that last question kind of led into what I was going to ask next about just how you unwind, but more <laughs> more so like, and I, I mean we don't get a lot of this as being dads and and husbands and and. Uh, having a job or you or your business. <laughs> yeah. but like when you get time for just yourself, uh, I know that so it's well. rare. <laughs> yeah, it's rare. But like, what are you, um, like, what are you a gamer? You like to go to the range and shoot a gun? Probably a poker room. Okay. Um, you know what? Everybody was right. We would get along. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously not so much. I don't think the poker room is even open right now. Um, it ever happened. Ever since the babies, I think I've only been able to go go down a couple of times. But at the time of when I was just kind of bartending and like that part of the industry was, I was playing forty hours a week, like yeah. using that really as it was a supplemental income. But I was making a lot more doing that than bartending. Yeah. And then um, 
kind of just, I mean, it's always been a part of my life. I mean, ever since, like, just playing online growing up and everything. And uh, it's definitely something I miss. And But I, knowing that I don't have the time for it, is knowing I wouldn't, I wouldn't go down and play very well anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I miss it, but at the same time, it's like, I'm going to go down and just be frustrated about how I'm playing anyway. So Just blow whatever you took. Yeah, dude. pretty much. Like, <laughs> like, not having, like, the patience to sit there. Like, when I was playing, basically we get off work at 9.30, get down to the casino at 10, play till 5 in the morning. Like, knowing I was doing that five days a week, like, I didn't want to have to go in and, like, feel like I had to play every hand. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to now when it's, like, you have three hours to get down there and play once every six months. It's, like, just... Doesn't not able to play the way I like to play. Like I, I, uh, I'll vouch for what you're saying because uh, before I had a whole lot of shit going on. I made a lot of money at craps, <laughs> and now I just walk. Now I just walk into a casino. I'll put. I don't even play like table games anymore. Like, yeah, I just put a hundred in a machine, like in a in a slot machine, right? I'll just put a hundred and max bet a hundred dollars and just one spin. Like, oh fuck it, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was one thing I never, I never, uh, never got. Into into the pit the table games craps uh craps were my thing but it was i got into it because i really didn't know anything about it at all and then uh my buddy i went with it was his game and i just learned it from him and then i had that like lucky first night dude like i literally had 60 bucks in my pocket and i was like whatever i'll buy in i left with like four grand so I was like, I think this is my game, guy. <laughs> that's, quite, that's quite the first night. <laughs> so without the without the restaurant in, industry and, and the and the bar industry and um, your wife and your beautiful kids, um, without all that, where would you have wound up? Um, still in the poker room. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Um, originally, I went to school for to be a history teacher. Um, and then did that for the first, like, year and a half, I guess, but I was slowly working my way further into the the bar and restaurant industry, and I was like, oh, like, this is pretty sweet, like, I'm enjoying this, like, and switched my major, um, and then had a really bad car accident, I guess, it have been right after my freshman year. Or like maybe in between a semester or something, and uh, kind of just changed the course of like what I was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it would have been right after my freshman year. So I, I still continued going to school after that a little bit, um, but then really, but really just started kind of focusing on working and and eventually, and I wasn't like I did well in school, but I never like enjoyed it. Yeah. So I was kind of like, oh, we'll just kind of just. I never put myself 100% into it. Yeah, I, I, and I regret it for sure. Like, how many times were you told, you have so much potential? <laughs> um, <laughs> have you been told that you're Henri and you have so much potential? <laughs> yeah, high school-wise, it was, high school always kind of just came easy and where it was like, you know, I just studied, just took the test and did well enough and it was like, cool, like, kind of flew it up under the radar and then. Once college started, I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, <laughs> it like, wasn't, it was so much different than high school. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, this is, eh. And like, I'm having a lot more fun just staying out till four in the morning. And then, like, eventually, like, after a while, like, showing up to class in like, the same clothes I was wearing the night before. I'm like, <laughs> all right, maybe time to reevaluate this. So now I just pay 
$226 a month for that experience for the rest of your for life. The rest of my yeah. life. Yeah, I looked I looked at my 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 schooler and uh, like it got to a point where I was just like, look, uh, cuz I wasn't paying it for the the longest time I and as well. Then they uh finally they hit me up and they're like, "Yeah, like let's make a deal." And I was like, "I'll send you cuz I'm going to pay this for the rest of my life anyway." I'll give you $15 a month. And that's what we, uh, <laughs> that's what we settled on. Man. Like, I'm going to pay it forever anyway. Like, what the hell does it matter? Like, who cares? Yeah, I had, I did the same thing where I, I had, like, I was like, these are going to go away eventually. My husband's not going to pay them. My wife just paid hers off, and I'm like, how? Uh, say, I, when I looked at mine, Fairly recently, I think I'm finally out of the interest payment card. Nice. I think I'm just in the principal, but it's that's still, a good space to be in now. Still a good amount, but it, but then with like I haven't been paying them with the pandemic stuff going on and no interest occurring, I'm like, well, we'll go and hold off on that. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens with all those, with all these new tax plans coming and things that are going to get forgiven. Oh. So what's your uh, what's your biggest mistake? Our biggest, biggest failure. What's your what's your biggest failure? And what did you learn from it? Um, could be life. Could be work related. Biggest failure. Or maybe you set yourself up too high. Missed missed where you were aiming for. I think. I think my biggest failure would just be I've had a couple jobs over the years where I just it didn't it was done being the right fit for me and I was instead of like kind of taking like like I would give like a two weeks notice or whatever but I would kind of just be like all right like I'm done like I I don't want to do this anymore like I'm I'm checked out like here's a two weeks notice but like I'm like like, if you don't need me for anything, like, I'm just going to be done now. I, and, I've i been really quick to do that. And, and it's definitely things that I've, I've looked back on, and I don't want to say I feel bad about, because people, like, that I did it with, like, were assholes anyway. And, I, like, I'd seen them fire enough people at a moment's notice, and I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, give you some courtesy on it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't really care. So, I mean, I guess, like, you could kind of say it's like burning bridges, but at the same time, it's not a bridge I would go back over anyway. Yeah. So it's like, because see, I've always told people I'm I'm not a two week notice guy at all. Because I don't like if I'm done here, I don't plan on coming back. Yeah. So like, like literally the day that I decide that I'm done, I kind of just go to my car and go home. Yeah. Like I'm, I, I'm, <laughs> I've done it a lot. Yeah, and I, I don't like yeah. So I guess I would say I don't even know so. That's a failure, but definitely would look back and maybe handle some of those things a little bit different. But I wouldn't have yelled at as many people <laughs> as I have. That's a good one. My friend, my friend Sean, he's the chef on the Cincinnati Fair yeah. Train. Like he, so I've always said that I would hate to be my own my boss. I would hate to be my manager, and it's only because I question everything all the time. I think I have good ideas and people don't seem to want to listen. <laughs> um, but like, I also like, there's plenty of time, like, and I've, I've learned it in my current job. Now my GM's an awesome dude and he's really, 
it's kind of forced me to learn a lot about myself and uh, yeah, I just wouldn't have been such a dick to so many people. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, my buddy Sean on the dinner train, like he, he was the, he's the first manager or boss that I've ever had that was able to like pull me back a little bit. Yeah. Um, like he had, he looked at me one day and he's like, I really need you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, I, and that's all I need. I needed yeah. someone to tell me that because nobody, and I don't know, like, because my wife tells me all the time, she's like, like, you're kind of intimidating. And I was like, like, I don't think I am. That's the, Damien's told me the, the same exact thing before. Like, when we first met, we were, um, I was more or less just bartending, and she was serving at a place down on the north side. And um, she was like, I had multiple times that I just cashed out food and paid for it myself, so I didn't have to tell you I made a mistake. Because <laughs> I didn't want to get yelled at. Like, I've never, like, Never been like the yelling type like manager. Yeah. yeah. And like because you're just scary. Like, <laughs> when I've had other people tell me because I mean both my arms are pretty covered in tattoos and like I'm over six feet tall and I've got a wide frame. Yeah. And just that low voice. And like my wife's like, Yeah, like you're intimidating. I'm saying, oh, I didn't Now when I get angry I can definitely see it. For sure, yeah. And that I say those moments for me are pretty few and far between, but like I've had times that, whether it was warranted or not, that I've definitely like shouted at an employee or two. And typically, it was like end of night, like three in the morning, and everyone's probably had some drinks. Oh and, yeah, and it's kind of just like a brush off type thing. But never wake up the next day feeling great about it. Most of the, most of my frustration whenever I've lashed out at anybody else was always I was more frustrated with myself than i am yeah, with them absolutely and That's, then and now that i'm frustrated now i'm even more frustrated like now i'm even more frustrated at myself for being frustrated in the first exactly that same thing. Like, so if this was if this was your podcast and you were over here and i was over there and you had this sweet fucking shirt on, <laughs> would there have been anything you would have asked me that i didn't ask you um This is the first question that I've ever Googled. Uh, what should you ask <laughs> your or your your guest? And I figured I would throw it out there. But is there anything that you would have asked yourself that I didn't think of? I don't think so, man. Like especially in the like the sense of like kind of talking about the restaurant and stuff. Like I think we covered a good amount of it. I it's funny because one of the I definitely overhired as every restaurant does when you first open. I got. I have a confession about that. Uh, I think may. I think Jamie may have shared something about hiring uh, kitchen help or uh, oh, cooks yeah. or something yeah. like that. I'm really fucking good at cooking. <laughs> Not to toot my own horn. Yeah, yeah. I was this close to like fuck it. It would have been. It would have been great to have someone like you back there with us, but then at the same time, things haven't been as busy as we were. Oh, like, absolutely. So. <laughs> It would have sucked been like, well, right, I, 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 work, I work in the liquor industry, and we haven't stopped. Oh, okay. uh, I mean, if anything, we're doubling, tripling everything that's been happening. So it's... Yeah, that was when we when we opened. Like, I probably had, like, I think I hired, like, 14 servers. And my plan was to just, like, pretty much run every day the same. I was like, well, everything's kind of like, everyone has class different days. Yeah. And... Probably overestimated how everything with the pandemic was going to play out. Like thinking things were going to start to 
slow down yeah. as opposed to just quadruple. <laughs> um, but one of the girls that's still here working for me, uh, she was actually my the first hire. And I always end interviews too. Pretty much like, is there anything like any questions you have? And she was like, "Why are you guys open a restaurant in a pandemic?" <laughs> in the interview, like, yeah. <laughs> and basically, just went through like the first our first part of our talk here. And she was, "Oh, like that's really cool." And like, she's actually one of draw the snowflakes. Okay. Windows and pubs on our website. Like, it, we we've got like super lucky with the staff that we um that got hired on. Everyone. It's just like really taken to the place, and it's, it's you're awesome. in a you're in a good area to find good people to fill those positions yeah. for sure. Yeah, it was yeah we had no shortage of like people applying or wanting to work. I still probably get three or four a week, and it's like I wish like I wish we were busy enough that we needed a staff of twenty up here and running mm-hmm. around. And I know we'll get there. It's as things kind of come back. I mean, right now our, I mean, carry out like delivery and stuff kills it, yeah. but then. Not really having the liquor license yet. Just people just wanting to stay safe and not really eat out as much. Let's hope the best for this vaccine, right? Yeah, let's start <laughs> giving to people today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hopefully that kind of just starts to, to just yeah create that downward trend of getting things halfway back to normal. I mean, not necessarily just for the restaurant, just for just everyday life. Just. Well, yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people that are who already struggle mentally that are probably having a horrible time, and yeah. if anybody's out of work and can't feed it's, themselves or pay bills. It's, and, and it's stressful just on top of that stress, trying to deal with anything with the state. On, like, when we first, um, when everything first happened, and it was like, well, I don't have anywhere to work anymore, and just trying to figure out, like, the, I mean, six-hour waits for unemployment on the phone. Yeah. And, just trying to do anything. My, my, my wife got laid off because um, she does hair, so salons closed. Uh, but So she got laid off, and then she went through this. I mean, it was like a month and a half period or so of not getting anything from unemployment. Yeah. And the whole reason was uh, she, had, she had applied or whatever and then, like, called to do the first week of reporting or whatever the hell they have to do every or they, Yeah. I was unemployed once, and I remember every week I had to like yeah, call, yeah. basically claim that week or whatever. So she's going through all that, and uh, but she keeps getting these like emails back that says like uh, your social security number doesn't match your surname, which her surname had been legally changed to my last yeah, name, yeah. and it should all work because she has a social security card that has that number with that last name on it. Oh yeah, but it was just somewhere in the filing shit got messed up, and yeah, because they were so backed up, you couldn't. You couldn't fix anything, and then you could schedule them. You could schedule to have someone call you, but they never called you, and then, like, it's just crazy. I I can't imagine, like, how hard it was working, like, within that program for those people, but, like, it sucked. Well, and they certainly were, I mean, you have to think, too. It went from, like, however many claims a week, magnified. Like, their servers couldn't handle that. They don't have enough employees to handle that. Like, there's just no way. Yeah, there was definitely no way, but it was just, like, I just remember, like, checking stuff every day, because I was, uh, within Chapter, I was a 1099 employee. Yeah. So, like, I wasn't even sure it was, like, if I was going to be able to get any kind of unemployment. And luckily, they, they rolled out that program that you could. But that was, it was the middle of May. I mean, we went almost two months without without anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trying to, like, 
All right, well, hope, hope something comes through eventually. Yeah, we did. So, like, my my wife, had, she got unemployed, or she was laid off collecting unemployment, and then the, the bar I worked at at the airport got shut down. So now, instead of, like, 45 to 50 hours a week, I'm getting cut back to, like, 30 hours at our brick-and-mortar store where I'm not making tips. And then, like, immediately I lost 50% of what I made. Yeah. And then my wife is on unemployment. She was getting that six hundred dollar a week thing too, yeah, which yeah. helped. That was, but, yeah, that was, uh, but they, that was we were just job. sitting there like, shit. Yeah, and then what you were talking about with the mental health part of it, it's like we went. Uh, where did we go? We went to Home Depot yesterday, I guess, with the babies. Like, I mean, they've been out of the house to go to the park and stuff. What I'm doing, like, we were we were taking them everywhere. Like, yeah. and now it's like. Now they're finally able to walk and not have to like have the stroller and stuff, but like we don't, we, there's nowhere to go with them. Yeah. Like, so I mean, but I'm glad they're young enough that just like running around with a crayon is like keeps them happy. Oh, absolutely. So, like, I know it's I know it's tough on Jamie, just kind of more or less being stuck at the house. It's like, when she was a bit of a jet setter. She was going all over. The yeah. Place, so it's... Yeah, it's definitely definitely slowed us down from. I mean, just even yeah with the. Like without the babies, with the babies, it's just been basically ten months of either being here or that was great. With this place, was it gave us something to do (laughs) when we when we moved in, like moved in when we took it over. I mean, we did everything ourselves in terms of like I watched the whole process. I I at least the process that unfolded on social media. Yeah, and that was that was more. You guys like reupholstered everything. Yeah, these are all reupholstered. The tables are. we're staying over. Um, her stepmom painted all the white. Um, my dad and I did the, the tiling. Like, you guys, have, you guys have commissioned art on the wall there. Yes. Um, yeah, those. I'm pointing at this camera. <laughs> yeah, those, uh, those three, and then all of these are pieces. Um, through uh, a gallery called Veda, the Veda Gallery. Okay. But uh, yeah, those three are the student Chad. Um, I love that one in the middle. Yeah, yeah. And then he did that one and this one over here. And then this is by Donna. I'm not sure who she is. But. That's cool. Yeah, they hit us up about wanting to put stuff up. And we're well, like, you get you get wall decor, and then one of them could sell, and oh yeah, yeah. they yeah. could make money. You know what I mean? It's it's a win win for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was like these uh, this little gallery wall. We still have some to add to it, but those are all pieces that we just had at the house. Uh, we got a few more to get up, but yeah, it was a cool. I mean, we signed the lease May eighth, and we opened August twelfth. So it was just over three months. And I think the second week, I said I wanted to open the week of August 10th. So I was pretty pretty happy with the fact that that actually happened. Oh, yeah. That, is, that usually doesn't happen. I mean, granted, we didn't have a whole lot to, like, come in. And, like, we didn't, we didn't do any construction. So we didn't have to go through any kind of permit process for that. That makes it a lot easier. So much easier. Like, when I called, I was... Um, trying to like finalize health inspection and stuff and he was asking about the plumbers and all that stuff and I was like, Oh yeah, they all came out and they hadn't. <laughs> but then I when I finally called the like the different like places, they're like, What did you do anything? 
I'm like, no, we're just moving in. Like, like literally just painting, more or less. And they're like, oh, you're good then. You don't need to, like, we don't need to come inspect anything. Sweet. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out. I mean, we definitely got open. It, doing it all by ourselves was, was, it was fun. And it's something that, like, it I makes it mean in. more. It makes it mean way For sure. I mean, I walk in every day and I'm like, yeah, like, we have a restaurant. Like, <laughs> And it's it's a weird feeling to me because like with that chapter like like I work I don't want to say I worked I'm working harder here but like I I felt the same there for the four years I was there of, like taking everything like so seriously as it was mine so that like with this like it's almost like a continuation from it to where like I don't know if it's fully hit like like this is mine like yeah, yeah. I don't have anyone that like if I like leave something out or if I forget something like no one's gonna be like yelling yeah. which no one did there either like that's a good mindset to have though because you never know when you'll be in a situation where it is your thing you know? yeah oh yeah for sure so it's yeah, I, I learned a ton like I've been within just like management of bars and restaurants for a long time but never had like that kind of like standoff like ownership approach where it was just like you need us let us know yeah. just like just think over like you're working with the accountant to handle all that side of it and, <laughs> and just doing everything and it definitely definitely learned a lot and i don't think i would be in this position here without that four years there of just learning learning the things that i thought i knew yeah. but didn't. <laughs> absolutely absolutely like i had a, a friend of mine he worked uh, at a liquor store and then he left the liquor store to kind of do his own like whiskey blends and start his own distillery. And like, he kind of told me, he was like, I didn't know. Uh, like, did you know there's a thing called business math? Totally <laughs> different from regular math. And I was like, I don't even know. What the, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it makes me feel better. Here, why? <laughs> but I was just like, dude, I don't have any. And then like he he didn't have any. Um, he didn't really have any experience with writing a business plan. And like I've written a business plan, but it was like half-assed. And like I really didn't know what I was doing. Like I don't. I didn't know what numbers I needed to even fake. <laughs> you know, like I didn't know. I didn't know. Yeah, when I um, so the. When we first were trying to get a load, I had the business plan I put together for the, the landlord just to kind of show that we were serious. Yeah. And, which, I mean, if, like, someone else would have, like, had a business plan they worked on for longer than six hours would have shown up, it probably would have made mine look silly. <laughs> but they said no one else even came with this plan, so it worked out. Nice. But, yeah, like, the numbers part of it, like, I've always been pretty good with math and, like, especially, like, the different, like, just have an Excel sheet set up for different things or whatever. And was able to put something together, but I'm like, like, like trying to like figure out how much you're going to do the first year. It's like, I don't know, man. Like, you really don't know. Yeah, how do you, you put a number No on? idea. Like, and it's, it's like, well, we're going to have roughly 42 seats. I'm like, we average $10 checks. Like, I don't know. We do a turn and a half a day. I'm like, I don't know. We'll do like 900 bucks a day, I guess. I'm like, that doesn't really come out to as much as I need. I guess we'll do 20. And it's um, and we're actually probably doing more per check wise than I anticipated, but but it, what sucks is like this whole first probably year, like not gonna be able to compare these numbers to anything. Yeah. And it's like if I want to 
like the day before Thanksgiving this week or this year sucked. It was probably our worst day of the, the four months. But it's like next year, it's like, well, it would close, but it's going to be a completely different time mm-hmm. of like places being open and people being out. So it's like, I don't know, I won't want to close. Like, I want to see how that day does. Do you, think, do you think any part of the, any part of, of, of the pandemic, um, will have a lasting effect in the part of companies kind of or businesses just closing when when it benefits them i think so i think people because you'll see when days aren't important and like i mean how many how many office jobs will never go back to the office because they don't have to and yeah absolutely you can do all of that at home there's no reason sucks for that in terms of the restaurant industry is people coming out is the people yeah like not necessarily one lunch right yeah 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 not necessarily where, where we're at but I mean, the you know, down, downtown, places downtown will feel it for sure. Absolutely. Like, I, I have friends that work all over, and just how much they talk about, like, just um, like a friend, uh, my brother's friend, uh, serves lunch, and she was basically working five days a week doing lunch, and that was where they like were making their money. Yeah. And now it's like she hopes someone comes in before 1 30. Like, and that's, I think, going to be a long term, a long term effect of it is how people get shifted on how they work yeah. and everything. And it's well, like my buddy, Andrew Gomez with Gomez. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, good friend of mine. And, uh, which reminds me, I have a bottle of bourbon in my basement. I need to get to him. <laughs> but, uh, luckily his spot down in OTR is just the window and it's not a, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he can get it a little bit, get by a little bit easier without having to sit people down. Yeah. Um, and I think his other location will be just fine. Um, yeah, from what I've seen, yeah, I saw they did a great job of kind of getting, um, getting their setup done. Um, and funny story about Gomez is, um, when he first started doing his salsa stuff, um, I was working at Longworks at the time, and we were the first place that he like was selling his tacos out of. Okay. Um, I guess that would have been like two thousand. That was early nine, probably yeah, yeah. two thousand ten. And, and I always worked uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Friday, Saturday. So Tuesday was always the best day. Just going <laughs> and crush a bunch of tacos. It was like, it was like long before like the turtle and all yeah, that yeah. stuff. But yeah. people fell in love with that turtle. Yeah, it's they good, definitely man. fell in love with <laughs> that. It's really good. And it, yeah, it's awesome to see him doing so well now with that. And just having yeah, those those locations and having that window like I'm into it. Like I would love. I mean, I love the space we have here, but. Just having a small window place could be such a difficult thing to Well, like, why, like, one, it's just crazy, too, because you've had, like, pizza windows have been around forever, right? Yeah. Like, uh, it was Lucy Blue, one of them. Yeah, they Lucy Blue. Was, say, was, that Mount, was that one in Mount Lookout? Yeah. Okay, that's one in Mount that's Lookout. That's now. Okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that's my buddy Mike. Yeah, he, and they crush it up. Like, those, like, you've had these pizza windows, and they, there's, there's a couple spread out all over town. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, you never... So you're it wasn't like, a taco one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and actually, uh, what was cool is um, Zapata Cantina opened in Covington. Mm-hmm. Um, and they I think they closed for the the past couple weeks just because of Kentucky mandates and restrictions. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but they've got they've got a to-go window at Zapata, too. And Zapata... Is right next to Braxton, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah like more or less. around the corner. and uh, I think it's just right around the corner from it. Okay. Because right. it's on, it's on the main strip there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's. Uh, have you been by Rich's proper? 
It's like a block and a half down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I know Covington, but at the same time, I don't. <laughs> but they're um, no, Zapata's awesome, man. They um, very authentic with a modern twist, and the the mezcal and tequila selection is ridiculous. Yeah. And I I got schooled in mezcal there, so uh, now I like that spirit. That's something. <laughs> the mezcal is way better than tequila. I, I would agree. <laughs> Far better. I would agree. Well, you've got a great place here, man, and uh, I look forward to seeing this thing grow. That'll be awesome. Me too, man. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it just, I mean, I know it will, and I, I look forward to it. I just hope it kind of comes along sooner rather than later. Absolutely. I appreciate you being on. Yeah. Absolutely. You, and uh, we'll catch you guys later. Thanks.